extraordinaire Red Sonia, the song bee. Hello and how you living? I hope it's good. Let's do a check in and see what the P-square is all about about it. That is the peace plus health times happiness. P-squared, y'all. And to start out with, I am living good. My P-square and pH levels are at a five. And my P-square, well, what can I say? I woke up amazing. And what can I say? Amazing me. <laughs> you know, you God is amazing. I mean, your eyes, you woke up and your eyes opened up and you got out of the bed and you stepped on your two feet and feets, y'all. And that's right. I say feet, not foot. Your two feet. (laughs) God is amazing, right? There it is. Well, y'all, this is a wonderful, marvelous month of March. It is the month of women's history. March 1st was the initiation, the beginning of the month, and all the month of March, it's all about women and women history, but also what women are doing currently. March 8th marked the International Women's Day, Day of the Women, and in some countries and most around, recognizing women such as Chancellor of Germany, Angela Merkel, Uh, Christine Lagarde, who is the president of the European Central Bank, the first woman to become president. That's huge. Uh, International author, uh, who's from Bangladesh, Jhumpa Lahiri, uh, the president or former president of Liberia and first female head of state in any African country, Madam Ellen Sirleaf or Johnson Sirleaf. That's Ellen Johnson Sirleaf. Pretty awesome. So, uh, beginning Women's History Month in the U.S., starting March 1st, uh, there are some women of science uh, I'd like to recognize in our history. Xing, or Xing, Xiong Wu. That's Xing, Xing Wu. She was an experimental physicist and graduated from Cal Berkeley. And there is Creola Catherine Johnson, American mathematician. Now, you will recall, uh, also known as Catherine Johnson, if you recall the movie Hidden Figures, she was one of the characters, or main characters, that uh, I believe her role was performed by Taraji P. Henson. Well, Creola Catherine Johnson, as a mathematician, she was one of the a few African-American women that were employed by NASA and their role were critical to the success of the first U.S. space flights. So these women were phenomenal. And a little bit about the movie Hidden Figures, which was uh, based, loosely based, uh, well, the movie was loosely based on the book. It was a book first uh, before it was a movie. And the book was actually written by African-American author Margot Lee Shutterly. And um, Margot was actually, she's a nonfiction writer. And she had a previous career as an investment banker and with media startups. I think she'd be a really interesting and wonderful person to speak to. I, someone I'd love to speak to. 
But the movie was uh, phenomenal. And just respect to all of those women who are well earned, earned the recognition in their roles in U.S. history and in women's history and in African-American history. So, you know, that's that's a home run all the way around. So again, yes, we are, we're doing it this month and there's so many things that are coming out, uh, and giving all women recognition and, you know, including women of color. So some women that are making history, um, and this is in the United States, of course, our MVP, that would be Madam Vice President Kamala Harris. So that is phenomenal. We have a uh, Laguna Pueblo Native American uh, and U.S. Congresswoman Deb Hanland, and who is also representative from the state of New Mexico. And how about the Grammy winners who are making history? You know, I'll, we have to recognize Taylor Swift, who is the first time in any uh, Grammy that has a three-time winner with Album of the Year. And we have her. Out of Vallejo, here in the Bay Area, big up, big up to the Bay. Her, who won the Grammy for I Can't Breathe, which was an honor to uh, George Floyd and his family. And so that was awesome. Also as a new artist and very talented. And then uh, I would not, uh, not at all exclude Beyonce. Of course, Queen B. Uh, first of all, she's the winner of 28 Grammys, but uh, she won four Grammys uh, in this year, just the other night. And uh, particularly for Black Parade, which was written by Beyonce and Akil known as a kill King or King fresh. And it was released in 2020 and it was all about celebrating black heritage and Juneteenth. And one of the things that I really honor and just recognize, want to recognize Beyonce for her work and, and what she's doing and just being conscious, mindful. And, you know, uh, I hate to be redundant with the word, but I will use, uh, beyond woke. Okay. Because woke is too cliche. I think when you're when you're really uh, woke, you need to be awake continuously. Okay, that means you're continuously doing the work. But she expressed that as an artist, it's her duty and responsibility to up, uplift and encourage her community and and women and young girls who she knows looks up to her. And she is doing a phenomenal job with her own blue Ivy who nine at nine years old is the one of three youngest persons to ever win a Grammy. And she did the other night for brown skin girl. So I want to big up to everybody and all the Grammy winners, big up to uh, blue Ivy girl. We just um, look forward to what you have in the future, you are our future. And to the Queen Bee, just awesome for just just being a wonderful leader. And, you know, she already knows that she's a diva. She's a she amongst she Okay? So, 
That's what's happening in Women's History Month. And it's going to keep going, y'all. So, moving right along in the world of social media. As I went sailing down the information highway and on my merry way to nowhere, minding my own merry busyness, I made a right turn and suddenly I found myself on a corner of Instagram Street and Facebook Avenue. And here's what I found trending. Well, y'all, the latest is star of the current season of The Bachelor, Matt James, African-American male and the first black man ever on The Bachelor. Well, he was on television in an after show the other night and he broke up with his selected woman of choice, his girlfriend at the time for a period there, short period, Rachel Kirkconnell, who is Caucasian, if you do not know. <laughs> Kirkconnell is Caucasian. Well, in this after show, Matt used that platform to end the relationship. <laughs> and it's and the reason he ended the relationship, and this is a first, not only is he the first African-American male to ever uh, be on The Bachelor as the star of a reality show, but this is the first of breaking up with a woman on the show. And in addition to that, he broke up with her for the reason, which is the first on the show, just breaking all records uh, because he discovered many things about miss, miss Rachel, miss Rachel, miss Rachel <laughs> with a Karen background. But anyway, she, there were many photos that surfaced all over social media of, of Kirkconnell attending these antebellum theme parties. And she did this, they were in college. There were stories of other charge, racial behavior, statements, and just insensitive uh, behavior uh, on her behalf. Now, these antebellum parties, if you're not familiar, they're theme parties where, you know, all the Southern bells, they dress up in antebellum, um, you know, wear in dresses with petticoats. And they do things that they did to celebrate uh, the South and the ways of the, you know, Confederacy. And they're very proud of it, in fact. Now, these parties, the issue is that these parties really honors and represents the symbols of the, of the Confederacy and is steeped in the preservation of the historic Southern society while at the same time downplaying and ignoring the, their role in fighting to maintain slavery, which was the foundation of the wealth and the ways and the privilege and entitlements of that Southern, very Southern society. So that might be extremely problematic, I think. <laughs> so one thing is that the media and, and, and television media and social media jumped all over this story and it's new, it's hot y'all. And, uh, they're having a field day with it. 
listen, you know, um, Mr. Matt James, I have to believe, you know, first of all, I am a believer of love. Love is blind. Love is colorblind amongst things. And I just have to believe that he chose this woman for, for love. Now, although I question anybody's intent other than to get fame and positioning by going on a reality show, whether it's The Bachelor or whatever it is. I mean, use that platform because you want whatever you can gain and profit from it. I mean, socially and career-wise, etc. Okay, so it's always questionable where whether it's true. I just don't know in a matter of a few short weeks, all of a sudden that you're in some breaking, dying bond of love. It's all questionable. So do I feel bad about what he's going through? Well, if he's broken because he really loves her deeply and can't breathe, maybe. (laughs) But I'm not convinced that that's the case. I just think on both sides, it's a matter of opportunity and being on the show. Obviously, he has a list, I'm sure, just as she did, of the opportunities this presents for them. And it just turned out that this was something that just turned foul, you know. And if it hadn't been for the leaking of that, I mean, he could have found out. But I think what's more embarrassing, the reason why he had to make that decision and break it off and use that platform on media, because it was all over social media. And we know the underbelly of the social media is that it has more damaging effects on a brand and image than sometimes even television or reality. So that really, again, because of that, those opportunities, her image just stepped all over his opportunities. And so therefore, if he has a publicist will say, yes, you get on that show and you're, you get on social media, you whatever, but you do it in a good form that would be still in alignment with the contract that you have with this show that gave you this platform for your own personal opportunity, not about ours and not about love, finding love, but what you gain. Yes, you do this. So he had to do that on, on television and, and broadcast it in that fashion just to save his own ass, which is his brand, his career and whatever other things he's got going for himself. Right. So, I mean, that's about it in a nutshell, really. You know, Um, Mr. Matt James, wish you all the best. Um, Somehow, you know, that should tell you in a matter of just a few weeks. Hell, in just real life, you don't know somebody in a matter of a few weeks and you jump into marriage. And there's still, you know, a whole treasure chest, you know, really actually a whole storage a whole block of storage of spaces of a past that you don't know. So how do you just jump in and fall in love? I mean, that uh, the show with bright lights and camera, eh, I don't think that makes true love. 
And we, you know, so if reality TV breaks up relationships, it's very seldom that they create them. And, um, you know, I mean, uh, it happens for some, um, people such as, uh, homeboy from, uh, love and hip hop and, uh, uh, I forget their name right now out of New York, uh, Jamaican brother, uh, uh, and his, his wife. And I guess, you know, they met on, uh, love and hip hop and luck, lucky for them, they were able to, uh, meet each other on another reality, reality show and, you know, end up getting together and having, a, uh, uh, making a family. They got married, had a big, you know, put it all out there. So, um, you know, all the more for him and, and for her. And I just, right now, you know, I see their face, just can't think of their names anyway. So moving right along, moving on, moving on. Okay. (laughs) Enough to toil over that. Uh, so what's next? Oh, wow social media and media TV. How can I forget the Megan, Megan Markle and Prince Harry interview, the big interview that occurred, uh, what a little over a week ago, it occurred on a Sunday. This is kind of like the sequence of things. There was the big, the big quote unquote, two hour interview, Oprah show interview with the world world uh, royalty, uh, Meghan Markle and Prince Harry on that was on a Sunday by Tuesday, barely Tuesday, two days later on good morning, UK Pierce Morgan or good morning, Britain, excuse me, Pierce Morgan gets on a show, has a tirade. He invites a co coworker, uh, to, uh, sit on the panel or on the front, you know, and to have a discussion about what occurred in that discussion between Oprah and the Royals on Sunday. So Tuesday he has a tirade and Pierce Morgan offends everybody and practically everyone on, on the show and his co-host, particularly the um, weatherman. And then by Wednesday on another show, (laughs) in re and television world on the talk, uh, Sharon Osborne insults her co-host, all of her co-hosts by defending Pierce Morgan on the talk. So we had Sunday, you know, the, the media has just been busting at the bridges. So <laughs> everybody's kind of losing it. So let's just back up. I'm not even going to dissect what happened or the discussion uh, about between Oprah and Meghan Markle because everybody else is talking about. Listen, what's her truth? And I always say people need to speak their truth. What's her truth is her truth. The issue is everyone thinking that they have the right to interpret what's her truth. You and I would have a problem with that if. I made a statement, you made a statement, and everybody else has taken your statement, made it their own statement, and said what you said is not what you meant, but it meant all these other things. 
Now, if you have, and I have a history of being that type of person, then, you know, and, and we're infamously known for fabricating and lying and manipulating and bullying and all of that, all that crap. That's not the case. What's going on here is that everybody's trying to get inside this girl's feelings and interpret what she says. And the people that who are her foes and against her are doing it more so than anyone else. And one of the first and foremost and right rights in front, even in front of the the royal family in the U, in the UK would be Pierce Morgan. His britches are in a bundle. Really? So, so I will just say the takeaways from this show, besides the obvious, which is there's a, a lingering hovering accusation that there is racism in in Buckingham Palace. Now look, y'all. <laughs> We're talking, and, and the accusation is almost saying, you know, is it the Queen? Is it, you know, Prince Philip? Prince Charles? Who is it? Um, you know, it's it's ridiculous to try to even figure that out. Don't bother. Either sides of the argument, don't bother. Here's why. Just as I just mentioned about someone who is not of royalty, just common folk, who has a history or and, and, and they came out of the closet about their past, such as, for example, my just recent conversation about Rachel Kirkconnell, on The Bachelor, where these uh, engagement and antebellum celebrations and who knows, blackface might even been involved in, and James, Matt James would protect her. But the point is, is that are any of us shocked and awed that that was her past and that she engaged in that and it came out? And for those of us with a little more than common sense who are not shocked and awed besides ourselves with our britches in a bundle, it's not, we're not simply because that behavior based on a background and commonality or commonplace historically in the U.S., it's not shocking. And we're talking about just common folk. We're not talking about pe- someone of some great, you know, a multi-generation of enormous wealth like Rockefellers and things like that. You would kind of like already expect that. I don't even even care what their political affiliation is, even if they said they were um, Republican, conservative, liberal or Green Party. It's unfortunate. But to hear something like that is not shocking. We're talking about a family of many 
centuries and generations of royal blood. Just because things aren't obvious or said in the open, people please. I don't care if if Megan was red, yellow, blue or plaid for God's sakes. The fact is that you ain't one of us. Okay? And when we have our families and our children and all these years of preservation of our rural society, we don't plan our future with diluting our blue blood. So, is it shock that there's any question or is there any shock or disbelief around the question about whether certain things were asked of her or Harry or uh, Prince Harry, excuse me, or if there are racial tendencies, please stop being naive. That's all I have to say. (laughs) I'm over it. Now, at the same time, we're talking about, we compare the UK to the U S the UK has leaped in some areas socially far more ahead of the United States. The UK is a country, one of many European countries that had conquered and colonized uh, countries all over the globe, right? But at the same time, the United States being younger, but being one of the worst and vile countries when it comes to humanitarianism and, you know, and discrimination and abuses you know when you look at the no matter how you look at it the UK the United Kingdom was a place that typically around the 60s in most places that they had control under the the control of the monarchy had also received began receiving independence all around the globe India, Africa, many countries in Africa, the Caribbean, all over, many places. And at the same time, when you look at the UK's history, you know, we're talking about, we're talking about people and not policies around racism. That's two different things too. But we're also talking about a country that in about 1830, that declared uh, slavery you know, unlawful and abolished it. Whereas in the United States, it took us another 30, 30 years or so to abolish slavery after a civil war had to happen and the death of a president, killing of a president, a murder of a president. So, you know, are there issues globally? Yes. Does the United States has, have issues? Yes. Did Megan experience these things and to the point that she felt depressed and wanted to commit suicide? Well, that's her story. And if that's her truth, that's what she's telling. For people of that type of level of privacy 
to for her to even divulge that although she's American by birth and culture she obviously felt compelled that she needed to get these things off her chest and off her mind for her own mental and spiritual well-being I hope that she really got a load off her shoulders and the sleeping a little better tonight maybe not as well as she was prior to divulging this information but I think that you know she knows she's not alone she has alone she has her prince and her family to stand strong for and also a community of people that are supporting her globally so like it or not that's the story now what's the story with Pierce Morgan (laughs) who just lost it so on that Tuesday uh, good morning Britain Pierce Morgan uh, basically sparred with a colleague, Alex Beresford, who is apparently biracial. He's a weatherman on with the network, and they had a conversation, and, and Pierce apparently invited him, and there were about other, maybe about another uh, five or other persons, you know, it might have been a total of six of them, four or five anyway um and engaging in this discussion and pierce just overspoke his immediate colleague or co-host who's a woman really didn't even give her the respect to even speak or comment he spoke all over her but clearly pierce morgan uh who if you all recall about maybe um eight years ago if that long ago but anyway was uh, a winner on Donald Trump's Apprentice, and he and Trump got a well so well, got along so well, and he ended up working for Trump. And then at some point, he left here and he landed this role or this job on Good Morning Britain after The Apprentice and working with Trump. So he does a lot of leveraging, a lot of leveraging and butt kissing and sounding off. And I guess that's why Trump liked him so much because he mirrored him with his mouth <laughs> and un- just unscrupulous mouth. So the, so after, you know, going on Good Morning Britain on that, on Tuesday, he insulted, he continued to go on this barrage about how you know, just criticizing and attacking and, you know, demeaning and tearing up, you know, attacking Megan's character. Well, you know, some, and, and Alex, the, Afri, the, uh, excuse me, but the, um, the biracial, uh, African mixed guy, he challenged him and he says, you know, he's really tired of it. And over and over again, Pierce, all, all I do is hear you attacking Megan and you make it personal. And it was such a great spar. Go on YouTube and listen to it. And, but Pierce could not accept that when Alex charged him for being, you know, that having something personal with Megan, because she never accepted him. Apparently the 
day before or the day of meeting and being introduced to Prince Harry, she, uh, Pierce continuously came across her, met her somewhere in, uh, I don't know if it was UK or, or Canada and invited her for a drink. So she never gave him time of day. They kind of went back and forth through, you know, uh, text. And finally, maybe once or twice, finally she met him one time for a drink. And after that one time, after that, she met Harry. She never talked to Pierce again. So every time that he would contact her for over the next two years, she never responded. And um, on one of these shows, someone got a hold to all the, all the text uh, that he was you know, sending. You know, oh, it would be nice and lovely for me to at least get an invite to the wedding when he found out. You know, and he complimented her and how bright and intelligent, not only intelligent and sexy with these beautiful long legs and blah, 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 blah. He had a thing for her. And there's something about a little bit of color that just adds flavor in the water, you know? And he, he maybe had never had that aroma before him in his eyes and his senses and his nose and his mouth and his taste buds kind of bursting, just wanting to taste. He was feeling her. And she didn't have the time of day. So he just kind of conceded that, well, maybe, uh, you know, at least if I could just tap into the friend zone, I would just be, you know, uh, over the moon to be next to her and be a friend of hers. And she had no room and no time and no space that hurt his feelings. So after that, he eventually became bitter Pierce, pissy Pierce. And he went pissing all over her name and her character and it never stopped from there. But when this gentleman, Alex Beresford, the weatherman, the broadcast journalist, uh, approached him and said, you know, why, uh, and explained he was defending Megan and her, uh, her comments and her tax and her conversation, not a tax, but her, her conversation in reference to racism within, you know, the family and how she felt. And he explained why it resonates with him because comments about being cocoa shades and different shades of black and blue and white people feel entitled and confidence because you're a lighter shade of dark that maybe they can say certain things to you and it would be okay. He says that he was the recipient of that of all the time and that the people that say these things, the, the white persons when they approach him in those ways and say certain things it has a sting sometimes it just straight out freaking hurts okay and he just wanted pierce to be aware that his words have power pierce couldn't handle that he couldn't handle it he was contentable his his behavior was uh, and he continued to congress aggressively interrupt uh, uh, Alex until, you know, he, he just cut him off from speaking and, and, uh, Beresford being, um, uh, a man of some class, you could tell it's obvious. He let him have it. And then Pierce went on his diatribe and, you know, he kept asking questions, you know, um, uh, and he kept trying to figure out, well, what's the difference of asking a question if you think the child is going to be a certain complexion or how dark the child is going to be, how, what, what, what's, what's so different between the two? 
what makes one insulting? And so Barris is just trying to explain. Well, ultimately, Pierce behavior, and he kept saying, you know, uh, just cutting everyone off and just splatting about and going in a tantrum. And, you know, Megan is, she's a lie. She's lying. And that her uh, comments about racism is incendiary and, and, you know, and she just needs to stop lying about the royal family and et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Well, he was so obsessed with this conversation. And when uh, uh, Alex ac- accused Pierce of making this being personal and, you know, um, he couldn't take it. Pierce got so upset and he stormed out the show and he says, I'm not putting, I'm not putting up with this. I'm not putting up with this. I'm not putting up with this. And he stormed out like a baby tantrum, like a baby Trump tantrum and quit the show. Who does that? (laughs) He quit the show. Uh, and obviously because he felt that he, you know, he's so connected, uh, that he's got another show lined up with uh, Richard Murdoch. So what the hell? I'll just quit. Ah, can't take it. Yeah. Now, the funny thing about that, and the thing is with me is, why is Pierce so obsessed with her or them or what they have to say? So let's move forward a couple of days later. Then there's Sharon Osbourne on the talk. She goes on a bit of an attack. Her attack, one thing you're defending someone, but you're attacking other people in defending them. You don't even have to take that stance, but that's what she chose. She chose to go on this attack and she told, uh, Cheryl, um, her colleague, uh, I forget Cheryl's last name, but anyway, Cheryl Underwood, she told Cheryl Underwood, she says, don't start. Don't you start crying. Wow. I found that to be so offensive. Because that was a loaded statement to Cheryl Underwood about her behavior and inability to have a discussion about race if I say what I feel. That's what Sharon Osbourne was saying. Anyway, um, moving on. (laughs) So basically she uh, defended Pierce Morgan saying, look, he's a royaltist and he's fighting for queen and country, for queen and country. She's been a very good friend to uh, Pierce Morgan. And she says, kept repeating that Pierce was very hurt by Megan and that she continued to go on and defend Pierce Morgan. Look, you know, she says that Pierce Morgan has comes from a family who has served maybe within our world guards and just, you know, in certain wars and military, you know, over generations, he is a royalist do and die. That's kind of like a confederalist do and die. God bless your heart. Bless your heart. Well, <laughs> with that, the conversation with, uh, Osborne got so heated on the talk that by the next day or the following day, Sharon uh, went on Twitter or social media apologizing that she had no intentions and did not uh, uh, intend to offend any anyone. And if she did, she was deeply sorry 
and uh and you know anything she said if anything she said offended anyone you know this whole conversation around uh race and race issue is is so heated and so polarized and why it is what it is but when you're come in a privileged place and entitlement and you've never had to really know what it's like to be marginalized and just even have a little understanding when a person of color experiences and says what their hurt or their pain or the concern or whatever, who are you to question it? Maybe all you need to do is just listen, understand it. You don't have to get in your feelings about it. It's their experience, not yours. Either you empathize or you're cold hearted and you don't, and you don't care. And that's okay. People can do whatever the hell they want. All right. But the truth is the truth. And it don't always look good. It don't always taste good. It is what it is. Fact is fact. And so, and that's my two cents on that. So anyway, y'all, um, I just want to move on and just recognize, uh, before we close out, there were a couple of boxers that, um, that passed. Well, actually, so, uh, in February, Leon Spinks passed. He was a former heavyweight, 67 years of age, but more recently is the marvelous Marvin Hagler, who was always a man who was in great shape never abused drugs or anything like that. And, uh, and recently I understand that he was just, you know, the epitome of, of, uh, fitness. And so, uh, he passed and I believe that it was, uh, due to, uh, what is it? COVID. He was, what was his age? Um, he was about, mm, I think more of his Marvin Hagler was, he was 66 years. So if Leon Speaks was 67 and Marvelous Marvin Hagler was 66, you look at him, you think you see a really fit man, but, um, and I think it's only rumored that it was, uh, complications due to COVID. So, you know, just big up and rest in peace champ forever all right y'all so this is my um moving towards the end of my show and it is time for the h cube segment that is humor health and happiness and i just want to start humor it was richard Pryor who said that all humor is rooted in pain that take the thing that is causing hurt and and that that is blocking your breath. Dig that booger out and add that booger to the wall. Squeeze lemons, make lemonades, whatever it is. It's time to start laughing. So I'm saying, girl, Megan, girl, it's better to laugh than cry. So take that booger out, slap it on <laughs> the royal wall, and keep it moving. Health. Now, when it comes to health, folks, just think about it. Ask yourself a question. How often do you go to the dentist or doctor? 
well, that's probably about how often we should get a mental wellness checkup. One thing that Megan uh, came out in that conversation had to do with depression and with mental well-being. And it's not something to take lightly. I think that we all kind of skip past that. But really, health is not just about your heart, your blood pressure, whether or not you got the sugar. (laughs) It is about our minds, okay? And so, and if you really have any concern, question, you're feeling some type of way, feeling a little low, maybe depressed, even if it's postpartum, you need to talk to somebody. Don't stay isolated. It's your health, okay? And your health is your wealth, all right? And then happiness. Try not to get caught up with the bullshit, such as the fuckery of being great, famous, rich. It's all fuckery. And that fuckery will rob the spirit. You'll rob you of your rest and your ease of mind, which is priceless. Let the ego go for a day. The biggest thing you'll ever do in life is to find happiness in the simplest things. You know, another thing Richard Pryor said, he said, I could be bitter, but I don't feel like being bitter. Bitter makes you immobile and there's too much that I still want to do. So with that, y'all, take some time, spend the week doing something simple, not man-made. Take care of your H-Cube, your humor, health, and happiness. Actress Cicely Tyson was born in New York in 1924. Her acting career spanned for more than 65 years. She began as a fashion model in the 1950s and entered into acting in the 1960s. She has been nominated several times throughout the years and received awards including Emmys, Tony, Academy, Peabody, and Television Hall of Fame. Her most notable acting roles are for movies Sounder, 1973, which was nominated for both the Academy Award and Golden Globe. The Autobiography of Miss Jane Pittman, 1974, and Roots, 1977. At age 88, Miss Tyson received a Tony for the Broadway play The Trip to Bountiful. In 2015, Lady Tyson was named a Kennedy Center honoree, and in November 2016, Madam Tyson received the Presidential Medal of Freedom. Sister Love recognizes Cecily Tyson, our Shiro, for her leadership, courage, and for having a never-give-up spirit. So I'm going to close, leave you with this I believe. This I believe. Stay away from talky-talky people, because if their mouth is moving, they're probably lying. This I believe, that real friends aren't one-way user-friendly, and true friends, friends support and not compete. This I believe, that laughter is an exercise for your happy muscles. Don't be lazy. Be happy, y'all. And that's it for my show today. 
please be sure to like, follow, share, subscribe. Visit Sisters Extraordinaire on Facebook and or just go to the website, the sisterlove.thevibejuice and be sure to follow me on Twitter, Instagram, that's Sonia Brooks and take a moment and be sure to add me to your feed and you can remember, you can always support us through Patreon by giving us a five stars on iTunes, Stitcher, Spotify, or Google Play. Thanks for listening. Until next time, peace, y'all.